catching people up. God catching people up. It was quickening into my spirit about catching up. And I just, the Lord, was, as he was speaking to me this week, he was saying, he was saying, he kept saying over and over again. Now, you, you ought to have to understand, no matter how it happened in the past, I'm able to bring you into the present right now. That suddenly, just suddenly, just suddenly. So get ready for suddenlies. Get ready for suddenlies because God's catching people up. He's catching people. You just got to receive it. So I'll receive it. 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 God, Father, thank you, Lord, for catching me up. Glory to God. What's that mean? That means as if, as if nothing, you missed nothing in the past. You're brought to the place where as, as though you missed nothing, you're being caught up. Hallelujah. Praise God. We well, can go ahead and be seated. Glory to God. You know, but Brother Travis, uh, I just want to say this. You know, you, you mentioned about not liking to speak in front of people. And I had a, <clears throat> I don't know, you call it a phobia about not speaking in front of people. So just to encourage you, um, when I was in school and I had to have, take speech class, they probably don't do that stuff anymore because they don't want you knowing how to do stuff like that. But uh, I had to give a speech, and they, they gave us the option that we could give a speech based on anybody that we wanted to. Well, back at this time when I was <clears throat> young, younger, in school, there was a football player that played for the Dallas Cowboys, and his name was Dwayne Thomas. And uh, though many of you never even heard of, that, of, of him, I remember it well because Dwayne Thomas had made this statement the week before the football game. He said, if I ain't a starting, I ain't departing. And he wouldn't talk. He wouldn't talk at press conferences. They'd have press conferences and ask him questions. He'd just sit there and wouldn't talk. So I seen that, and when the teacher said, we, we can give a based on anybody's actions that we knew, I was like, I got this one covered. I'm Dwayne Thomas. And that's what I did. I stood in front of the class, and I said, my speech is on Dwayne Thomas. I'm, on, I'm doing what Dwayne Thomas does. And I stood there. And everybody was laughing because they knew what was going on. They knew, well, he ain't talking because he said if he ain't starting, he ain't departing, he ain't talking. And so, you know, that's, that's how I, I was terror at that time, terrorized by speaking in front of people. But, you know, over, the, over time, God got me through all that stuff and Really, when he even called me into the ministry, I was like, that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to go into ministry. I want to stand up and talk in front of people. I, don't, I, 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 didn't cra I never craved that type, kind of attention. But see, that's what qualifies you <laughs> by guys who don't crave that. If you craved it, you wouldn't be useful because it would be all about you. So you have to understand that that's why God chose you because one of the, re not the only reason, but why he uses people like that because they're not craving that attention. But I've noticed people in the past that they crave that attention. God doesn't use them. He wants to, but until they submit, you know, he really can't do much with them. And a lot of times people don't do that. I want you to make this confession with me before we, we get into the word. All right. Today, I'm, I'm fresh and flourishing in every arena of my life. Today is a good day full of the Holy Ghost and opportunities that our Father has made for me. Your spirit in me is greater than he who is in the world. 
you're always for me. And if you're for me, nothing can come against me. I thank you today, Father, that I hear your voice. Your spirit is flooding my spirit with light so I am understanding your call and plan for my life. Today, I'm seeing you by your spirit within me. Today, the riches of the inheritance that I have in you. Understanding is coming to me today to know the unlimited and surpassing greatness of your power that is being demonstrated in my life today by your spirit within me. I am being filled with deep and clear knowledge of your plan with wisdom and spiritual understanding. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Well, if you've got your Bibles, uh, go ahead and open them to Psalm 135. I want to talk to you today. The title of today's message is about bringing your supply. Bringing your supply. A lot of people have never heard anything about this because, and really, quite frankly, over the years, I've never really heard a lot about it. But it's scriptural. Um, you have to understand that there's a supply that God has for you and me, all of us. And he expects us to bring that supply with us wherever we go. But you kind of have to understand some things about the kingdom and how it operates. In Psalm 133, we see this, a Psalm of David. It says, verse 1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. There's a key point right there. Being united. All right? And the only thing we can unite around, really, if you think about it, is, is the teachings and, and the Word of God. All right? We, we, we can't be united, uh, really, about uh, things in the world so much because everybody's got a different opinion about some things. It, it would be hard to unite, but we can unite over the Word of God and over the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so that's what he's talking about here. It says, verse 2, It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So you see, here's a picture in the Old Testament of, of the, really, it's, it's talking about the anointing flowing from the head all the way down over the body, all the way down to the bottom. Everything is, was anointed, all right? He's painting a picture for us to see something here, and it's spiritual. So let's go here into a different place. Go, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1. And you're going to start to see what that picture is. Ephesians 1. It 
And let's look at it in verse 22. And this is speaking of Jesus and the Father. It says, and he has put all things under his feet, speaking of Jesus, and has appointed him the universal, I'm reading from the Amplified, that's why it seems a little bit different. He has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship ever exercised throughout the church. Verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all, for in that body lives the full measure of him, who makes everything complete, and who fills everything everywhere with himself. So we see a picture here that Jesus is the head we're in the body, and the body is what? The church. It's the ecclesia. It's the church of God. So when you talk about the church, you're talking about the body of Christ, and that's why we'll see here in Scripture that when we see that, that, that picture in Psalm about the anointing, the oil flowing from the head, and what does it do? It flows down over the body. All right? So you have to see this. The things of the kingdom of God flows from the top down. All right? So when you start looking at yourself, you say, well, what am I anointed to do? You're anointed. You have an anointing to do things. All right? And you don't have to feel that anointing. That anointing is already here. It's, in, it's here in, in his church. And it flows from the head. All you have to do is you just got to step in. And we want to show you how the Word says that. You just step into some things and you start doing them. You don't have to feel like, well, that's what I'm called to do because God will show you what you're called to do. He'll, he'll confirm it. All right, some of the things like what I've said just a while ago concerning uh, uh, Brother Travis and Brother Mark, you know, I, I'm not giving them new, new something brand new. There's something they already knew in their spirits. It was, it's been there for a while. But see, God's dealing with, he's bringing it up here. But we all have callings here in the church. And that anointing flows from Jesus all the way down through the body. But let's look at another couple more scriptures here. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. And look at verse 16. Again, I'm going to read from the Amplify. For because of him, the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments which, with which is supplied when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in all its functions, grows to the full maturity, building itself up in love. Now, there's a key there. What builds it up is what? Love. And what's, this talking about? what's he talking about here in the body? It's, it's talking about being in proper places. I've said this for years and years. Places are important. You can be in the wrong place. And you can be there your whole life and not even, not even understand why things aren't really working for you because you're in the wrong place in the body. You're not in a place where God has called you. And you know, 
over the years, I don't do so much anymore, but I used to ask people, why do you go to the, the church that you go to? Well, and you, most responses were something like this. Well, because my family goes there. My mom and dad's gone there for years. You know, well, that's where my wife was going when I met her, and we just kind of stayed there. Things, you know, very similar to that. Occasionally, and well, I could only think of offhand one or two people when I was asking people that gave the, 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 really the biblical response because that's where the Lord told us to go. And the reason why is because who would think to even ask? Who would even think to ask, Father, where do you want me? Uh, not very many people. Because they just do things, we're just a, a, in the flesh, you're a creature of habit. Right? We see that happen all the time. Why do people do the things they do? Well, it's just a habit. They do it, and, they, and they're so conformed to the ways of the world, they don't even think twice about it. They don't even think that maybe heaven th does things differently. But God said in his word, he said, my, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. <laughs> so what's that mean? We're going to have to have, like Romans said, we're we can't be conformed to the world, but we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. What's that mean? God's going to change the way you think. And I got, news, I got further news for you. In that process of him changing how you think, he's going to change how you act. He's going to change how what you do. So if you go with the attitude, well, I, I'm glad I'm, I, I can do whatever I want to, you got the wrong attitude because God's not gonna, he's going to be very limited in how he uses you. You've got to be open to what he wants to do in your life, where he wants you to go, what he wants you to do, how he wants you to do it, how will you do it, do you do it? And I don't want to get into all that stuff because we can get off on a rabbit trail. But anyway, you see, what, you see what the word's saying here. So he's talking about, he says, because of him, the whole body, the whole church, in all of its various parts, they, they're closely and firmly knit together by the joints. <clears throat> now, I'm not a doctor, don't pretend to be, and know it really that much about medicine. But, you know, the joints are important in the body. You know, if you have joint problems, joint issues, it can be very painful, right? So the joints need a supply. They, they, they have to have a supply. Otherwise, if that supply dwindles, guess what happens? That joint's going to get weak. And it's not going to function the way it used to. So it's important that that, that joint has a supply. And see, you, you start to look at, when you look at the ecclesia, the body of Christ, it's that very way. And so what happens is we wind up with people in places in the body that they're not supposed to be because people don't understand that God has a place in the body of Christ. Yes, when you got born again, now you're in the body, but you know what? You need to find out where you're supposed to be at in that body. Whether you're supposed to be a hand or a foot or a pinky or what. Because if you're a foot and you're over here acting like a pinky, things aren't going to really gel with you. You're going to have issues. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you or anything like that. It's just you're in the wrong place. And everything will kind of feel that way. You kind of feel like, well, I really don't fit in there. Well, that's probably because you're not in the right place. See, not everybody, not every Christian that's a Christian is going to come here and go to church here. Why? Because it's not their place. They're not supposed to be here. All right? They're supposed to be somewhere else. Okay? So you have to understand that. Let's look at, let, let's look at some more here. 
Go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2. And in verse 19. And not holding fast to the head from whom the entire body, supplied and knit together by means of its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. And not holding fast to the head. In other words, you're not holding so fast to the head you're not being a kneecap when you should be a kneecap. But you're, you're so focused on holding on to Jesus, you don't understand that you're supposed to be a knee. Well, that would look kind of funny with Jesus walking around with a knee in his head. Right? That would look kind of, see? And that's what Paul was talking about. You're not so holding fast to the head that you, you can't be the part of the body that you're supposed to be. All right? And then he, he goes on here and he says, he says, knit together by means of its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. See, God's purpose for you in the body is to grow with a growth that is from Him, that you'll flow in that growth, that you'll fulfill everything in your life that He's called you to. But if you're not in the right place in the body, if you're holding on to the head all the time and you won't let go, you're not going to grow and fulfill everything God has for you in his life. All right? And that doesn't mean we, we don't pay attention to Jesus. That's not talking about that. That's just talking about, I've, I've had people say, well, I don't go to church or I don't do this and I don't do that because Jesus is my Lord and Jesus is my Savior. I don't have to listen to anybody else. They're the ones that are holding on to the head. And Paul said, don't do that. Find your place in the body so that what? Because so that supply can flow from the head to the body and to the lower parts of the body, all the way, all the way down. That supply is right there. So no matter what you're called to do in the church, there's an anointing, there's a supply for you to do it. Even though you may say, "Well, I don't feel like I'm supposed to do that." It, that's okay. <clears throat> there's a need. Because there's a need, there's a supply. What you're going to have to do is just step in and do it. So what you wind up happening and You've probably heard this before if you've been around churches, and the church has kind of got used to it and kind of expects it. They say this, 20% of the people in the church do 80% of the work. Yeah, I've heard it for years. 20% of the people in the church do 80% of the work. The reason why is because most of the people don't understand they've got a place in the body. They've got something to do. It doesn't matter whether you feel like you're supposed to do it or not. If there's a need to be met, then you can step in and you can do it. Because in your doing it, God has a supply for you to do it. The supply is already here because the, the anointing flows from the head down through the body. And it gets to you. You just have to step out and do that W-O-R-K. That's all you have to do. And then what happens is you start walking in that, that anointing. And, it, and then the Lord starts showing you things. He starts revealing things to you. And you hear clearer, more clearer from heaven. You start to see some things. Now let's go to... Um, thank you, Lord. 
Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, or chapter 14, 1 Corinthians 14. And Paul says, says this concerning the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. First Corinthians 14, verse 12, Paul says this, Even so, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. What's that word edifying mean? It means the building up. Don't just be zealous for the gifts of the Spirit for yourself. Be zealous for the gifts of the Spirit so that what? You can build up the church. See, your call, your, your supply that you're bringing, you've got a supply that you bring to church every time you come, whether you understand it or not. And Paul gives a lot of in-depth understanding about here that, that, that he warns people, seek the, gift, the gifts of the Spirit not to be used for yourself, but to be used to build up the church, to increase the church, because God's about the local church. He's about building up his church. All right? Until you get that revelation and understanding, your life is going to be a struggle. And I, you know, I know people and I occasionally talk to that they don't even have a church to go. They don't want a church to go to because things happen. You, you grow up. I mean, grow up. Come on, people. I mean, if you had a bad experience at a restaurant, do you not go back to restaurants because you had one bad experience? or two bad experiences, or three, or four, or five. No, you, you go out. Church is the same way. There, there's other churches out there. Somebody's had a bad experience or something bad happened. You can't, you can't blame it all and say, well, I'm just not going to the church because I've been hurt so many. Maybe the problem's not the church. Maybe the problem's you. And when you find the perfect church, you'll have to leave because you're not perfect. Every church has problems. Every body of Christ has problems in it. You're not going to find perfect people in there. You're going to find people that are hurting. But you should be finding people that understand that their answer is in this word and doing what this word says. And if I operate outside of this word, I'm operating on my own. And I'm going to have trouble. Sooner or later, trouble is going to happen. And I'm not going to have the answers. So he says... Even so, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, you've got a hunger for spiritual gifts. You want to know more about spiritual gifts. And we see a lot, we've seen a lot of that over the years in the body of Christ. People are hungry for the gifts of the Spirit. But see, they forgot the last part, what Paul said. Don't do it for yourself. Most, that's what most of them are doing. They're doing it for themselves. I want to see God move. Well, once you get in the right place, and, and be hungry for the right reasons and do it because you want to see the church built up, then God will use you. God will use you. You'll, you'll see the gifts of the Spirit operate in your life. Because why? It's not about you. It's no longer, you, when you get born again, there's a period of time, and sometimes it's years, sometimes it's months, sometimes it can be weeks, before somebody understands that, you know, this is not, this is not all about me anymore. 
It's about, about me and a relationship with the Father in heaven and, and doing, learning to do what he says to do and not doing what my flesh wants to do. Because all of us have a flesh in here. And you know, because of that flesh, your flesh is telling you to do things that are opposite from this word. And it's happened constantly. And if you don't fight that battle, you'll get in trouble. You can wind up getting to places you should never, ever, ever be and in really bad positions. Why? Because you, you didn't learn to control that. And how do you control it? With the Word of God. With the Word of God. Hallelujah. Let's look at a different scripture here. Um, go to 1 Corinthians, you're in 1 Corinthians 14. Look at verse 26 now. Notice, now notice what Paul says here. He says, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done unto the edifying or the building up of the church. Notice what Paul was saying to the church at Corinth here. He was saying, you all, every time you come, you already got a psalm. You've got a word. You've got a tongue. You've got an interpretation. And really he was kind of telling them to keep it in check because every time they came, Pastor, I got a song I want to speak. Pastor, I got a tongue I want to give. Pastor, I got an interpretation. What Paul was saying, hold, calm down. Calm down. You see, see, today he'd have to change that whole thing. You guys need to turn it up. You need to turn it up. Come in with a psalm. Come in with an interpretation. Come in with a word. Come in. So what was happening at the church of Corinth, they were coming to church. They were already hearing from heaven because they were spending time before they ever even got to church in the word of God. They were spending time with the Father and the Father was speaking to them and they were so excited about it that they came to church ready to give and more than willing to give and someone just went ahead and gave it. So Paul was saying, hold on, hold on. Let's everything be done in order. In order, that's the key. You know, I mean, you can imagine we've got what, about ten, eight or ten people here. Imagine if we had 40 or 50 here and everybody came in, they had a tongue. And that some, you know, some people had, had a psalm. And we have to sit, we'd be sitting hours and hours just listening to people telling us what God said to them. There's got to be a divine order. All right, that's great that God showed you something. That doesn't mean it's for now. All right, and that's what God was talking about here. That's what Paul was talking about here. Let everything be done in order. But see, it changes. You start to see something. Here's the word telling us we should come to church with a supply. You've got a supply. You should have a supply already. You should already have a word. That's why these brothers here, they didn't even know it. I don't, well, I don't think they knew it. They came because you know, Brother Mark and Brother Travis said, you know, I've got something to get to share. Well, the Lord, Lord said, he said, I'm training them. Now, see, if I, if I didn't understand that God was training them, I, you know, I could understand a little bit about the Bible and say, well, hold on, I don't, I, let, let's hold on, I, let, let me get back with you on that. No, 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 no. We, we need to understand 
that God when trains people, we got to allow them to get up and, and, and do these things. All right? You can't, it can't be all just on one person. If, I, if we're going to have people that can step in when, if, if I'm not ministering somewhere else, they've got to be trained up. We, I, I just can't do that and leave and say, okay, Travis, next week you're, you're giving the message. Uh, you know, he's gonna, that, that's going to be too much. It may be too much for Brother Mark to do that. But we've got to train them up. All right, we've got to get them used to it. So we've got to expose them, just like the rest of you. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. It doesn't matter five years old or 100 years. It doesn't matter. You have a supply to bring, and you're expected to bring it because there's, there's different things in the body of Christ here. And as we grow, and it's coming, it's coming where we're, we're going to see we're going to see explosion here. But see, we've got to start thinking about getting the people in the places. We can't wait till that day comes and say, "Wow, we need to get somebody." No, we need to start thinking in that direction right now, so that we we have people in, in place. So I'm talking about the, the in the in the helps ministry and places like that. Um, let's see here. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. I know we were there. We're going to look at another scripture here. In Ephesians 4, again, I'm going to read from the Amplified. It's talking about the body of Christ here. It says in verse 12, His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, His consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, the church. Verse 13, that it might be, that it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God. Notice what it says here. Till we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God, that we might arrive at a really mature manhood the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection, the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ, and the completeness found in him. Now, my, oh my, is that a loaded statement. That we arrive to the accurate knowledge of him. When you look at the church today, I can't say we're there. Because you, we have people, and they'll fight you over whether it's God's will to heal or not. That's inaccurate knowledge. They're not in the place to come to the full accurate knowledge of him. If they don't even know that it's his will, always his will to heal, they're not going to come to that knowledge. But that's what Paul said. He's, he's saying our goal this is where we're supposed to be headed. That we would come to the complete 
mature, all right, that we would come to the complete, finally get here, mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection, the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ, and the completeness found in him. See, when you start to see that you have a supply, and that supply is based on where you're located at. And let's, well, speaking of that, let's look at another one here. Uh, Where is that at? Help me, Lord. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Or another meaning of that is, I would not have you ignore them concerning spiritual. And really, the original uh, Bible said concerning spirituals. It didn't say gifts. It says concerning spirituals. Or we might say it this way. Concerning the things of the Spirit, I don't want you to be ignorant. And drop down here to verse um, uh, 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So we've all been baptized into one body, not separate ones, but in, into one body. Verse 21, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Remember what uh, Pastor Bob said last week, he had a vision, he said, the Lord showed him where all the eyeballs were gathered in one place, and all the feet were gathered in one place, and all the hands were gathered in one place. See, it's all out of order. It's all out of order. You can't assemble with other hands. And people have a tendency to gather with like-minded people. Yeah. I mean, if you've noticed over the years, a lot of these speakers that speak about Increase, and I'm not talking about pastors. I'm talking about in people in the world talking about increasing and being being uh, more wealthy and things like that. They they'll they'll tell you their mantra is you got to be a lot around like-minded people. Okay, if you're if you think broke, you'll you'll be broke. If you act broke, you'll be broke. You're going to change how you think, and there's some truth to that. But the pro but the problem comes in. If that's how, if you just surround yourself with like-minded people, you're not going to be in the place God has for you because God, if, if you're a hand, he's not going to put you with the other hands. Right? He's not. He's going to put you in the body where, where you're supposed to be. Let's go on from there. Uh, let's look at... Uh, Verse 28. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, 
Secondly, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings. Helps. Governments. Diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healings? No. Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? No. But notice what he does here. He puts the he puts the ministry of helps right in the middle of all this stuff. What is the ministry of helps? Well, you know, you maybe you know it, it could be a door greeter, um, it could be teaching uh, Sunday school, um, you know, something along those lines. Maybe you're you're an usher or something like that. The ministry of helps is just as important. Without the, without those places being filled, all right. And door greeting is an important one. Because when we get new people, it's important that we have somebody there that can greet them and welcome them and make them feel at home because there is some truth to it. First impressions mean everything. You come in and, and, and nobody, nobody's talking to you. Everybody's talking to, to somebody else. You kind of feel like, well, man, I, maybe they don't really like me here. Although that may not, that, that's not necessarily true. You know, because you can walk into a situation and people are already engaged in talking and somebody new comes in, you don't notice them because why? You're, you're having a conversation with somebody. That's where a, a greeter is important because they can take the new person that comes in and say, hey, so-and-so, would you, would you help out with you know, something like, along those lines? Same thing for um, um, people at the altar. You know, as we have more people, we'll need, you know, people to come up and minister, uh, help minister when, when we're doing prayer and things like that. All those are important. All those, and there's an anointing, you just got to step into it. You know, it, it, you know, if there's a need and there's an opening, and you, all God's saying is step into it and do something. Because there's a supply for there. And as you step into it, that supply, you'll start, you'll start growing in it you'll start seeing some things. And that's how we started really years ago in the church. <clears throat> we weren't even in a word of faith church. We were in a denominational church and they had a need uh, Sunday school teachers. They needed help. Because they, I mean, I don't, I can't remember. They, it was probably 50 or 60 kids in the, in the church at that time, little ones. And they, and they only had like one or two helpers. So my wife and I, we volunteered. We went back there and we started helping out. You know, and, and in the beginning, it wasn't. We weren't doing much. We were just basically keeping the kids busy. <laughs> we we didn't have all these Bible programs and all that stuff. We were just keeping the kids busy, so the parents could sit out here in the sanctuary and hear the Word of God. See, and that's where I'm going to touch on this a little real quick. A lot of parents' thinking in the church is all messed up. They think. We need to get to a church that they will teach my children. No, 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 no. You're, you're all wrong. You need to be in a place that's teaching you the word so that you can teach your children. That's, that's the proper way. You know, and I'm not saying having children's ministry is not important, not at all. But I'm saying most people's thinking is all messed up because they think we've got to get to a place where my kids will be taken care of. And it really doesn't matter so much. It matters a whole lot to you. A whole lot to you because you're the mature one, or you should be. They're the child. They're the children. They're looking to you to, to lead them. So you should be in a place where you're hearing the word of God, 
and that word's being taught to you. Glory to God. Let's go to John chapter 15. John 15. John 15, and we're going to look at a few verses here. Jesus says this in verse, John 15, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and that word abide really means live. Not part-time, it means full-time. He that lives in me, and I in him. The same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Drop down to verse 7. He says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, here's an interesting thing. It's not, it's not a transition, it's a connection. Verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. When you bear fruit, Jesus said his Father is glorified. But something else happens too when you bear fruit. People will follow you. Because why? Because you're actually a disciple. They'll see there's something different about you than everybody else. They'll see that there's something different about you as a Christian than all the other Christians they know. Why? Because you, you don't act like them. You don't talk like them. You don't do things like that. You're different. And that fruit is what they're attracted to. And I wrote down just a, a little message here. It says, when we learn what power, authority, and gifts are within us, and how to release them to produce salvation, healing, freedom, and prosperity. For people then will become a value to them, and our value will draw them as followers. When they see you producing fruit, when they see you leading people in salvation, when they see you praying for somebody, somebody getting healed, when they see you praying for somebody, somebody getting delivered, that's fruit. They have a desire for that fruit. I mean, Pastor Bob and I uh, were talking after, at, last Sunday at lunch, and we were kind of talking about old days, and, and I was telling him about a man that I had met at a full gospel businessman's meeting who was going to Pastor Mark's church. Some of you know him, Don Grimwood. And I met Brother Don at a at a, like I said, a full gospel meeting. I was invited and never didn't even know what that was. Um, and I went there and I got to talking to Brother Don and Brother Don was telling me about the miracles that God had used him in, in praying for people. And, and uh, the things I heard that day, 
it just exploded in my spirit because I was, I was a Catholic boy and you know, I didn't know anything really about the Bible, even though I'd been in other churches, but I really didn't know that much about the Word of God. And here, in my eyes, God didn't do that stuff anymore. Not that I thought that, consciously thought that, but I'd never heard it. I never heard about people getting delivered. I never heard about God healing people. And then when he started on the, the things about having people raised from the dead, I was like, oh my land, what in the world is going on here? And something on the end, he said, you need to check this out. You need to check this out. You need to find out more. You need to find... What was happening, it was the fruit that was in his life, was drawing me to him and to, to the places that he went. And so that created a hunger. See, that, and that's what will happen in your life. As the fruit's starting to produce in your life, all right, because you're, you're, you're properly connected in the body, that supply is there. Because, you know, just like the body, in a regular person's body, if, if the blood doesn't flow through the arm properly, there's going to be a problem. And if it gets cut off for very long, you might wind up losing that arm. You can imagine what, what's happening in somebody's life that's in the wrong place. After a period of time, spiritually, they're not hearing anything spiritually anymore. And we might, you might look at it and say, well, they're, spiritually they're dead. Well, they're not completely dead because if, if they're born again, they're, they're, they're alive in Christ. But they're dead to the things of the Spirit. They're not hearing anything from God. Why? Because they're in the wrong place. They, they didn't even know it. They didn't even know there was a right place. They didn't know these things. Why? No, nobody ever taught them because other people didn't know them. Other people didn't know them. But I remember years ago when we were in the denominational church, and I didn't really know anything about this word. I mean, we were learning, we were reading the Bible and, and growing in it. But I didn't understand all these things about God's ways and how he, how he did things. So as I, as I spent some time trying to find out, to get to the place where somebody could show me, I kept asking the Father, I said, Lord, I know there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way. I know there is. Because you're, you're the God of order. Not everything's just thrown together in a mess, but you have order. And it seems like a lot of people don't understand order. Correct me if I'm wrong. I said, so you're calling us out of this church to go to another church. And I don't feel like we should just up and leave. I don't think that's right. I mean, I've got a relationship with these, with these pastors here. And for me to just to up and leave? I said, I don't, I don't know how to do it. I'll do it, but I, I want to know how to do it. Well, a few days later, my wife and I was at Bob Evans on Green River Road. And we went in to get something to eat. And I said, hey, look, there's Brother So-and-so over there, Pastor So-and-so. We knew it. We'd met him and talked to him and been in a few meetings with him. And walked over, and he got up out of his chair 
And he said, Brother Mike, I said, Pastor so He said, how's it going, man? He said, how you been? I said, well, we're really good. I said, um, Lord's been speaking to us lately, and he's told us that we need to leave where we're at. And this pastor looked at me, and he said, this is what you do. And he gave me step by step. He said, you go back into the pastors, and you tell them what God's told you to do. He told you. He said, you go back into the pastor and tell them that the Lord has showed you that he's calling you out. And you ask for the blessing. You ask for them to pray for you and bless you. He said, if, they don't, if they don't want to do that, that's fine. That's on them. You can't make them. But he gave us a step-by-step -step how to do it. Why? Because I asked God. I said, Father, I don't know how to do it. I know there's a right way and a wrong way. How many people have done that over the years just up and left the church? See, you're, automatically... There's things from the kingdom that you're disqualifying yourself for because you did things wrong. Now, the good news is you can repent and it's all forgiven. But let's face it. These people out here, they didn't even know that was real. They went and did it. Have they repented? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, well, I repent. I'll ask the Lord, so Lord, if there's anything I've done that's been an offense to you, I repent of it. I ask for forgiveness of it. But if there's something that I really need, bring it up in my spirit so I, I won't make that mistake again. Because it's a matter of life and death. So we see that God has, a, has given us a supply to be in, in a particular place. And I'm going to look at some, uh, you know, just a few more here. Uh, thank you, Father. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm going to show you, show you something here real quick. 1 Peter 5. Verse 6. It says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. How do you get exalted? By, hum by humility. Brother Mark, come up here for a second. I, I, you mind if I use you as an example? I've got to stand here and face everybody. Okay. Now, I'm going to push Brother Mark down. He's going to go down. All right. Probably will anyway. Well, I don't know. I'm just going to push you down. You okay. squat, okay? okay? I want you to watch what happens. Let's go. All right. Now, what happened? When he went down, I went down with him. Now, let me lift him up. When he went up, I went up with him. Okay. When I humble myself under the mighty hand of God, I can lift other people up. But so many times in the body of Christ, we're about putting people down, not even realizing. By you're putting people down, lifting me up. By putting people down, we go down ourselves. But by lifting him up, not only does he get promoted, but I get promoted. Amen. See, you need to start thinking about things that way. That's how the kingdom operates. When you lift other people up, not only do they get promoted, but you get promoted. You know, now, how many people have you run into, they're having, you know, their life's just a mess. 
and you go over to him, and I, I've got a, a, young, a young man that I work with. It was that way. I could, I could see this. I could see the demonic spirit on him. I kept, you know, I, pray, I kept praying for him. Amen. Then one day, you go ahead and sit, sit back down. That's okay. Then one day, I said to him, I said, how's it going? And he said, not good. He started telling me some things. I said, um, how long has this been going on? No, wait. I stopped him before he said, how many years has this been going on? He said, many, many years. And I started talking to him about the Lord and encouraging him. And his whole countenance started to change. I said, have you ever given your life to, to Jesus? He said, well, I did that yesterday. But he was still depressed because he didn't have anybody lifting him up. So every day, he comes up to me now and he's... And I'll ask him, did you read your Bible today? Yeah. Now I'm seeing him on Facebook. He's posting scripture. Amen. What happened? Not only did he get promoted because he had a bad spirit that was after him. I mean, it wanted, him, it wanted to take him out. But the whole thing is changing by what? By encouraging somebody, lift, promoting him. Guess what? In the spirit, you get promoted. You, it, you can't stop it. When you submit to God, and you resist the devil, the devil will flee from you. And you'll be promoted. And other people will be promoted. That's what the supply is for, is to build up the church. Build up the church. All right, not build yourself up, but build the church. God's about building the local churches up so that what? That we can go out and have an effect in our neighborhood. Change cities. A strong church can have a, a mighty impact on a, on a city. A church of this size can impact this whole city. Imagine if we had two or three of them. What kind of impact it would have on the city? Matter of five or six. The Lord showed me years ago. That he's called this city to to a city of prayer. He he showed me in a vision walking down the streets of Boonville, and people out in their yards praying with each other. Praying with each other. Strangers walking through town wouldn't be strangers anymore because the people would reach out and pray with them. It changed their whole lives. Now there's some people you and I can't reach for various different reasons. But there's somebody out there that can reach them. Because they've got the supply. You've got a supply. You bring it when you come into church. And that supply is to build up the church when other people come in. And guess what? If you're not here, that supply is missing. Not trying to put paranoia on people. I'm not saying you can't miss a sir. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about somebody that's they're not in church. They're not in the place they're supposed to be. They keep missing and missing and missing. Eventually what God has to do is have to take that supply to you and have to give it to somebody else.
Jesus spoke the parable of the talents. Remember that? He gave the, he, the, the parable of the talents. He gave so many talents to one man. What was it? Five? Four? Five? Ten. ten talents. And then five. Then five. And then two. Ten, five, and two. He gives ten talents to one. Five to another. Two to another. And then he goes away for a season and comes back. And the one with ten said, now, I got twenty now. He said, because you've been faithful with a little, I'm going to give you more. The one with five come back, he said, I've got ten now. He said, I'm going to promote you. i give you more. Then the one with two came and said, I know you're a hard master. Is that true? Is that true? No. no. He's not a hard master. He said, I know that you, you, where you, you reap where you, you, you sow. He said, and I took the talents that you gave me and I buried them. And he said, oh, you wicked one. You could have taken those talents, at least put them in a, a bank, which is the lowest form. God's not a big fan of bankers, if you haven't noticed. And at least draw me a little bit of interest. But you buried your talent. Take it from him and give it to somebody else that will use it. It wasn't good. Why? Because the supply that they had, they didn't use it. They didn't even, under they didn't even understand that they had a supply and that he would add to that had they used it. They didn't even understand how the kingdom operated. They operated in fear. Well, I buried it in the ground. Yeah, you could have at least gone to a bank and got a little bit of interest. Gained something. And meanwhile, in the body of Christ, we got a lot of people like that. They, they're just burying it in the ground because why? They don't even know they had a supply. But he's coming back. And he said in the book of Revelation, he said, I am coming back and my reward is with me. Reward for what? For how you handle the supply that God gives you. How you and how I handle the supply that God gives us, what are we doing with it? Are we taking it out and we're multiplying it? We're investing it? We're putting it in people? We're bringing in a harvest? Or are we like a lot of people? We just buried it in the backyard. Well, I know i got to go to church today. No, you don't got to go to church. You get to go to church. You're thinking it's all messed up. I have to go to church today. No, you don't have to go. You get to go. Because God's got something special for you. But, but see, your whole attitude when you do go, you just go play golf. Go do whatever you want to do because you, you're not going to get anything here. Your heart's not right. It's the same thing about sowing and reaping. People that don't sow, they don't get nothing from heaven. And there's coming, there'll be a time that comes where they'll be judged for all that. Somebody might even get into heaven because of that. I don't know. I'm not the judge of that. I wouldn't be want to be in their shoes. Hallelujah. 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 Things that were in the past need to stay in the past. Don't think about stuff in the past anymore. God's doing something new in your life, son. 
And don't look at yourself and say, I'm X number of years. It doesn't matter. God catch you up right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. You're stepping into something new. Times of refreshing, they're, they're on you. They're not going to be on you. They're already on you. And you're stepping into it. Just flow in that. Just flow in that. This week I see something major happening in your life. Something positive. Major happening. But you listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord, what he says about it. Be sure, because a lot of times the, the, the devil will send you something to keep you out of the will of God, but you need to listen. The answer will be right here. There'll be a knowing inside here. You'll know it. Not up here. It, won't, it may not make sense up here, but you get a yes down here. A lot of people are looking for the, for the making sense up here. And when it makes sense up here, then I'll do it. No, 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 no. What's, what's he saying here? You listen to that because it's a step forward. And it's a step forward. And it's a step forward. This is a week of breakthrough. The Lord told me that. He said, tell Mark, this is a week of breakthrough. This week here. This week here. Hallelujah. Now don't pay attention to what you see or anything like that. Just know, this is your week of breakthrough. Just like if you were here the, several weeks ago when I was talking to uh, Sister Donna about the, about the green beans. And she, she took them home and planted them. And then three months later, she brought all these beans. I said, well, when did you, get, when did you receive those? Well, I just went out and picked them today. No, 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 no. You got them months ago. You received them months ago because you took them home. It's the same thing. This is the week of breakthrough. This week. This week is a week of breakthrough. Glory to God. Glory to God. God puts you all here because you're leaders. You're called to be leaders. Disciples. A disciple is a leader. A disciple is a leader. A disciple does what Jesus does. Because what he's the head, we're the body. And there's a supply there. That's why Jesus told the disciples, when you go out, don't take no, don't take no money with you. Go. Why? The supply's there. The supply's there. So whatever God's calling you to do, and like I said, there's, there's, there's offices here. There's things here. And it's time, God said, it's time to start raising people up into those positions. Every one of you have, have something. At least some of you might even have right now, have two or three things. What? Just because of the numbers. Just because of the numbers. But as things increase, and we're faithful, there'll be others that come in. And then they're taught the same thing. Then they start to understand what is it about this church that's different than any other church they went to? It's the Word of God, the presence of God. There's other churches out there with the Word of God, the presence of God. Now, there's not very many, but they're, they're out there. They are out there. They are out there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you get something today? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Shh.
be refreshed, be renewed in the name of Jesus. Times of refreshing.